0: Five minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And tonight, as I said, of course, we're going to be speaking to the minibus taxi industry. The uh, South African National Taxi Council, Santaco, saying they can't afford to suspend their operations on Monday um, because they've been hard hit by the pandemic, by the July 2021 riots, by the flooding, and so many other issues. And um, yeah, this they were saying in response to the, um, I guess, uh, question of whether or not they would be in support uh, of the national shutdown being led by the EFF on Monday by the withdrawal of their services and the labor of many of the drivers who provide that services, Nokyu Marshal and many others uh, in the minibus taxi ecosystem. Joined on the line now to talk about this by Tumi Shomlelekwa. He speaks on behalf of Santaco. Tumi Sho, good evening, my brother. Welcome. Uh,
1: good evening. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. It's actually Tabi uh, Sho,
0: not Tumi Shomlelekwa. <coughs> Yes, sir. sir. Thank you very much, Tabisho. Tabisho, maybe just um, let's talk briefly. Um, When you say you you have been so hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic, by the July 2021 riots and many other issues, such that you cannot lend support to this action, are you saying that in principle you are in support of the action, but because of the economic hardship you have experienced and continue to experience, you cannot lend your support by withdrawing your services. Is that what you are saying?
1: No, no, no. That's not what we are saying. What we are saying is that, um, first and foremost, which is what we also communicated to the EFF, is that Fantago is an apolitical business uh, organization, Mm. if you like. Uh, And as a result, we cannot get into a joint campaign or even support a political project, um, because then it means in that regard we have taken political side. Mm. And that is what we are refraining from. Uh, That's the first thing. The second thing is that we have also indicated that we've got our own problems, um, which requires us to deal directly Uh, with them or the minister minister to ensure that some of these issues receive urgent attention. So it is not a matter of uh, us not uh, supporting the EFF on one reason or the other. The stance Mm -hmm. that has been taken by the campaign on Monday uh, is political and it has been said in so many times on so many platforms, and it's something that we cannot participate in as a result.
2: Mm.
0: So, so, but then all the other explanations as to you've been affected by the riots, you know, by repossessions, by COVID 19. I mean, where, why is that so much a part of the reportage when I think what you have just said is, is a clear line where you're saying you're not going to get involved in, you know, the. Um, pageantry and all the gimmicks of politics uh, you'll continue with your work why is the reporting focusing on all of the other reasons as if to suggest that in principle you are in support but you have some economic hardship
1: i'm not too sure why but uh, i suspect the answer is i remember our response to the eff comes soon after the uh, the issue on transaction capital, uh, yes, as they so. declared uh, their grades uh, at the JSE, uh, was making media headlines, where we were able to indicate that we are, we understand the situation that transaction capital finds itself in as a result of the issues that you are raising. So I think the the the, the, the media just club those together and really missed the fundamental reason why uh, we are not able to partake in the strike.
0: Mm, mm. But but so so I think that that you have clarified. Um, Also, what might be helpful now that you've taken us there to the transaction capital story, is for us to maybe just unpack that. And uh, what uh, um, you know Tabish was referring to there is uh, a trading statement that came through for the half year ending uh, at the end of this month from a transaction capital, just giving a heads up to. you know, the market and to the public that uh, things are not looking too good for them, especially on SA Taxi, which finances many of the vehicles that your members uh, use. Now, I mean, they use very terse, very complex language. But to my mind, there are a few areas. The one is that there's interest rates that have gone up, there's fuel and diesel prices that have gone up, um, and by implication that has squeezed your members and made it difficult for them to meet their monthly obligations to the likes of SA Taxi and broadly to transaction capital. Is that a correct assessment of what has happened? Uh, And if so, what is the risk of some of your members uh, getting their cars further repossessed um, and what will the implication be on the provision of commuter services?
1: You are 100% correct. And this is exactly what worries us, what causes us sleepless nights night. Um, primarily because uh, in the next uh, three to five years, if this matter does not find a practical solution, um, you are going to have a situation where services may be restricted, uh, services to the commuters varies, may be restricted as a result of uh, you know the um, uh, the increasing uh, uh, repossession rate. Uh, I mean, it's standing now at about 35 uh, percent. Um, um, so over the next year, it, it's it's definitely going to increase, and uh, on the second year, it 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 will be disastrous. So the the fear that we have is that unlike any other business or unlike any other best, uh, person who's got income revenue. Uh, the industry or the taxi operator, in this case, this is his only or her only source of income. This, is, this has been the only livelihood they have known. So, if this guy loses business, it means there's another treasure on the unemployment. Uh, in as far as in as far as the economy is concerned, is another burden to the economy. So, mm. we cannot afford that because um it is already painful that you know um, among others we're not receiving subsidy and government is really slow on that end uh, and 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 which is what government can be able to intervene at least as a start to save the issue of uh, um you know the repossession rate which is generally as a result of uh, remember uh, post-covid there are companies that have They have not changed their model of operation. Some have still remained uh, at at a point where people are still at home, working from home, and and that has affected the ridership. And therefore, the frequency of of trips uh, per taxi. So there has been, the the industry has been added as a result, and therefore, people are not able to make... uh, uh, at least what they can afford as a monthly installment of the vehicle.
0: Mm, mm. And, and I guess I assume you have seen this now in relation to some of your members. As a result, I mean, what what are you saying must happen? Um, are you making a case for, you know, more staggered, you know, increases in interest rates uh, in the central bank? Are you making a case for a review of how fuel prices are determined um, in response to all of this hardship you are explaining? Um, yeah what are you saying what are you saying must happen uh, true uh, one of the issues that we
1: are uh, debating very strongly even with the former minister was that there's a need for government to review uh, its, its fuel levy given that uh, the industry contributes a minimum of about 1.5 billion so we we, we, we 1.5 billion to to what to, to, to the fuel levy oh yeah okay alright yes so, 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 so uh, given that that infrastructure already exists, and uh, that government is unable to speedily conclude the issue of subsidy, mm. uh, that already gives them the latitude to see how best uh, to 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 manipulate that process and be mm. able to create a scheme for the industry. Because when you look at April, uh, April last year to September, just that period alone, the industry has, incur- has incurred about over and above the. The petrol price pressure. They have increased, they have incurred about 900 million per month on petrol costs. And despite the fact that there has been reductions it is maybe perhaps you as a motorist that have really found relief but for the industry that 900 million that has been added when the year began last year has not really been tampered with therefore the industry continues to have that pressure so every time there's an increase is on top of the pressure that already exists
0: mm-hmm. now I think with the proposal you're making, you're saying at least some ring fencing of part of that 1.5 billion you're paying as the fuel levy um, to be returned in a form of relief extended to some of your members who are you know, in a tight squeeze at the moment. Um, I mean, are you open in that discussion to, to a discussion that then says, well, we'll do that if in return you join the tax pool um, uh, on the part of income tax rather than just, I guess, uh, the fuel levy here as an indirect tax? In fact, we
1: last year we we, we had a, a meeting with um, uh, SARS, uh, the leadership of SARS, mm. together with the Department of Transport because uh, firstly the issue that the industry does not comply with tax um, is a debatable issue because SARS cannot be able to them. I mean, in fact, the presentation that SARS gave us of the compliance of the industry paints a different picture
0: of income tax. So what? Yes. Of that. So yes. income tax. Okay yes so so um, people are registered so, so what, and paying income tax
1: so so what SARS is saying for instance is that the numbers of registered operators to comply with tax regulations is high there are pockets of challenges of those who do not file there are pockets of those who have compl- complied for example in the past three years and that they continue not to comply and our argument is that this is a general problem in in one way or the other and which is why we have said to them, we need to form a partnership. Mm-hmm. Already it exists in Limpopo, where SARS is now at provincial and regional level. Already it is there in case they're then, uh, in the same levels. And, and we're saying there needs to be a robust campaign in mm-hmm. that regard, because the problem that SARS has failed to do, um, uh, and I'm not saying this in the negative, uh, is that they have not been effectively been able to communicate, in fact, uh, effectively on the benefits of complying with SARS, mm. as opposed to the way people see SARS. Uh, the perceptions around SARS as a demon, which is why we want to campaign. We want to embark on an educational drive with them. So that commitment on our side, it is there. Which is why, further than that. We also have spoken last year. The president of Santa after elections embarked on roadshows. Mm. One of the issues over and above SARS that we engaged the operators on was that we need to formalise the employment of drivers, because drivers need to equally comply with the UIF. Mm. As I speak to you, we are already in engagements with the UIF to that effect, to that end, sure. to ensure that um, very soon that that partnership will be announced. So the the most important thing is to say to you, I have the way in which you've been going about is wrong. So let us help you navigate you in the structure so that you are able to get the right audience and you are able to have your compliance levels increased.
0: Okay. So let me come back to the tax issue. So you are saying that the South African Receiver of Revenue is saying that there is significant compliance to income tax. Or compliance in general, because I guess there's a, this distinction between the direct tax and correct, one where you correct. fill out the sure. thing. So, is the income tax as the direct tax subject to significant compliance from your members? It is. It is. It is income tax. That is at
1: the heart of our discussions with uh, okay. with SARS. Yes, and 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 which is why uh, they were able to give us a presentation to that effect on provinces. You know, in terms of compliance rate and so on. Mm-hmm. So we are happy with the fact that uh, you know operators are increasingly begin to comply and want to know more about SARs, but we want to take it further so that operators are able to understand the need to consistently comply. Mm-hmm. The other issue that SARs raised, and I think it was during the time of Minister um, Tito Boyeni, where they said. The problem is that SARs has not been able to collect the right amount from operators, and it is not of the making of the industry. It is of the making of SAR itself. So that model is also being worked on to ensure that they are able to, correct the right, to collect the right amounts mm. uh, in terms of compliance. Okay. The other issue that is a challenge that we have with SARs, which we have raised with them, is the issue that... Um, um Remember, when you cannot have an operating license if you do not have a, a parent tax certificate, and 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 SARS sees that as only what they call partially non-compliant if you have that. So there is the part that we want to take SARS on an educational drive to our members on because mm-hmm. uh, we were quite confused that uh, that is the definition of SARS. As far as the industry is sure.
0: okay, hold the line there for me just for a second. I've got a voice note from one of our listeners. Take a listen to this.
2: Good evening, good evening, Aya. This is Tabiso from Pretoria. Uh, just listening to the gentleman and just speaking about the hardships sure. that the taxi f- uh, industry has faced, you know, since the lockdown began with the rising fuel prices and everything. Uh, I disagree with the sentiments where he says that they do not receive any subsidies from the government. Uh, My personal opinion is that this sector should not receive any subsidy from the state. In fact, in order for the states to be subsidized, they should actually also come to the party in terms of to be legalized and and there should be legislation within the sector industry because the amount of hardships and distress that that they cause to to their customers and fellow South Africans, a second, it's very, very, very outrageous and it's second and then I don't think in any other country such behavior would be acceptable. I mean, you've got in certain parts of the country where the taxi drivers are stopping private vehicles and telling them that you're not allowed to to transport uh, more than three people in the vehicle and yet they're the first to, to cry foul when things do not go in their favor. So I'm, I'm hugely in favor in terms of just coming down on this sector and trying to find a way to maintain it because I mean you even look at Min, uh, Minister Peggy over the weekend was I think he stopped a motorist complaining about drinking and driving but I mean the provision of public transport from the state side is very dismal. I mean if you just think about it in terms of if you don't use an Uber or taxi in most areas they don't. the bus doesn't come in that area so we really really need yeah. to uh, clamp down the taxi industry and, and introduce more public transport that will uh, protect the customers and just other motorists on the road Thank you. And Mr. Ayabonga, we hope you create a podcast soon because we've been seeing the rumors circulating. I don't know if I'm late on the train or not, but I, I wish you all the best, my brother. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Let me come back to what you were saying. I'll come back to, to, to the latter part. Uh, look, I mean, I think that's why I was asking the question, which is surely a discussion around relief from a state, right? If you are a relatively informal sector. And I think, you know, I still need to better understand what was meant by this issue of tax compliance because my, my understanding is that there are particular forms of taxation that, um, you know, the kind of informality... Of course, it's quite formal because very organized, but the type of informality that one would find in the taxi industry would mean certain tax forms are not covered. So that fellow, for instance, he makes an example of who ha- operates 100 taxis. I'm not sure... If he would be paying value-added tax just based on, I would assume, with 100 taxis, you're turning over more than a million rand per annum. So so there's those questions. And when I say that, I don't say it to suggest that the best form is typical formality um, for the minibus taxi industry. I think these are complicated debates. So the subsidy itself will have to come with certain concessions from the industry. Some of those concessions might be in relation to questions of some semblance of formality. Uh, and in some cases you know the concessions might be on even similarly issues of safety issues of the recapitalization of the fleets which has certainly been a part of the uh, state response to the minibus taxi industry in the post apartheid period uh, this idea of the taxi recap uh, or recapitalization program you know fits uh, fits into that description so so i don't know what you make of that but do share with us some of your own thoughts uh, about the issues facing the taxi industry and of course their response that no it's not because of hardship but uh, just yeah I find that one very very interesting and uh, to your latter comment my brother um, yeah I'm not going to respond to uh, what is in the rumor mill um, I, you know I think to respond would be above my pay grade so let's allow let's allow the South African's, uh, to come and uh, and respond you know Prat, uh, not, not me not me so let's uh, let's hear what uh, about she say in relation to uh, what you are saying uh, you've been seeing and I think what many uh, of uh, the Metro FM Talk faithful have been seeing on uh, the social media from the tabloids and Younger Londo and uh, yeah yeah look I mean let's allow our party to respond uh, you know we're parting at you know you know you know, uh, who will say, no, you know what, uh, uh, this or the other. No, 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 guys. That's not where we are. Uh, so uh, we must allow the processes to unfold. And I think uh, when the uh, uh, Broadcasting Corporation is in a position to make up on this issue, they will certainly do so.